Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Prison Care Podcast, Part 3, Positive Prison Culture from the Inside. Today, we'll continue our conversation with Jay from inside the prison neighborhood where he lives, and we'll continue to explore the concept of positive prison culture. What does that look like on the inside? In Part 1, we talked about noise, the importance of respect for yourself and for others, being an acting change engine how an individual inmate can choose to be a force for good in the face of overwhelming negativity. In part two, we dove into relational skills, hypervigilance, context, staff, and the key to being a good celly. I'm Sabrina, and in just a moment, we'll pick back up with the telephone interview with Jay. Quick reminder, the sound quality is a little uneven on these phone interviews. We've done all we can to clean it up, but if you have trouble understanding Jay, just refer to the transcript of this episode. Okay, as we wrap up this three-part series on this idea of what positive prison culture can look and feel like inside a prison neighborhood, we're going to talk today about rules for sharing, the kind of confusion that you find everywhere inside a prison, common goals for residents and staff, and practical ways for compassionate people on the outside to offer support. So let's return to our conversation with Jay. We're going to pick up where we left off. This was right after our automated cutoff by Cassandra, as we affectionately call her. Jay redialed, and you can hear Cassandra reconnecting. Hello. Global Tel Link has a collect call for you. Except for approved attorney calls, this call may be monitored or recorded. Global Tel Link, prepaid call from Jacob White. An inmate at a Colorado Correctional Facility. For customers, thank you for using Global Tel Link. All righty then. Um, I want to talk briefly about food and supplies and sharing and the extremely weird, complicated piece of how that works, too, because that is something that we teach in kindergarten, right? Share your crayons and whatever. Um, But the rules about sharing are super complicated in prison, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're technically not supposed to do it, only because what they have to prevent is bartering or extortion and things like that. And the, you know, if I buy things on commissary and give it to a friend simply because he doesn't have family who can put money on his account, um, that could be seen from an outside perspective as, oh, maybe he bought something inappropriate from him and he's paying for it now, you know. Uh, Maybe he, uh, you know, or maybe this guy has what uh, people in here, you know, in their, their arbitrary standards uh, uh, consider to be a, a 
a messed up case. And so in order to keep it quiet, he's telling this guy he has to pay him X amount of, you know, uh, yeah. food or hygiene supplies or whatever every month. And it's, uh, so that's what they have to prevent. Totally in understandable. Order to prevent real uh, yeah. crimes are happening right but at the end of the day you're trying the reason i have been punished was because i was considered a bad person for what i did and now you want me to change right, right. so part of being a good person instead of a bad is looking out for your fellow human yeah and especially the other people who aren't just you know still stuck in that mindless immaturity stage right but they've actually woken up to something new and they want to grow and they want to change those are the people you really want to invest in when you meet them right because then you guys can support each other too in, in your character growth right. and part of that comes down to the you know standard normal human activities like eating together yeah so what if you want to have a meal with someone and they can't throw in anything you know they can't contribute are you just going to exclude them like no absolutely not you're going to let them eat with you um because going to the chow hall is noisy it's cramped it's smelly and the food sucks so (laughs) you really that's not the place to have harmony and to find you know peaceful break bread together. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not Thanksgiving dinner at yeah. your mom's house. Right. It's it's more like a, a lady in the tramps in a back alley, except you're not in love with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not romantic in the slightest. Uh, there's no Italian man singing This is the Night. Uh, you, 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 have to, you have to be allowed to create those scenarios um, where you feel like a human and you feel inspired and you feel warm and hopeful that this work that you're doing every day is worth something instead of just being suppressed. And so then you have to understand that that's, that's a challenge for the cops as well. Right. At what point do they look at someone handing a sack full of food to someone and decide to go say, no, you're clearly bartering, that's not cool, give me that, or whatever, or take it back, however they choose to handle it. And when do they just say, you know, I don't know. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should watch those two individuals and see if they're friends throughout Mm -hmm. a normal day, you know? Do they only interact at this transaction time or something like that, you know? Um, But I don't, none of us, I don't even think the CEOs entirely know where the lines truly are drawn. Right. Where something is permissible and where it isn't. Because as this whole system has evolved and developed, there, there's been more and more, you know, these delicate, tedious-like factors that, that come into play with every given scenario. And I think at some point, the people, even the people in charge, have just kind of like hired someone else to handle that category of things so that they don't have to worry about it because it's getting too confusing. There's too much to handle. There's too much to focus on. Um, yeah. And now everything is so diluted and spread out that nobody's really sure where a concept or a rule developed in the first place or why it still exists or if it still exists or if that's just a habit that's been passed down or how much has the telephone game been played and things have been, you know, changed and distorted and no, that's not actually what the rule is. There's all kinds of confusion 
all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and that is um that is not something that I think most people are aware of. I think they think of it as no brainers, you know, the rules are the rules and you be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there and you keep your hands to yourself and you know, it and it's obvious. It's obvious how to behave. No, it's not at all obvious. And it is a huge piece of what is difficult for corrections professionals is they are constantly having to use discernment to figure out when and how to apply a rule that they've been taught to enforce because there's a thousand different nuanced ways to enforce a single rule. And um, that is something that we're going to, that we're going to talk to some corrections, corrections professionals about in the future on some episodes uh, about that difficulty of wanting to do your job well, wanting to do it with integrity, but that means wanting to do it ethically which means looking at the, so why is this a rule? And am I actually enforcing it in a way that honors the intent of the rule? Or has it been twisted somewhere along the way? So yeah, it's, it's um, again, common goals, right? This is something that, that the cops want and you guys want. You want a, an environment that has intelligent rules that prevent violence, that help make things run as smoothly as possible. But you don't want a, a, a system of rules that nobody can make sense of and where it's constantly confusing and where you're never sure yeah. if you're doing exactly what is best in any given moment. And that is a shared challenge between residents and corrections officers. Um, so, yeah, we're going to we're going to dig into some of that from the other side and from folks who are who are in the professional end of it, too. So I don't want to lose this this last call without asking you what does support look like in what ways can my friends and i compassionate people on the outside how in the world can we do anything that's going to make this any easier that's going to move it forward on the inside talk about it first and foremost communication um i didn't know anything about this world until I was thrown into it, well, until I threw myself into it. But uh, that's, the, that's the biggest thing is we have to acknowledge the fact, everybody knows it, but no one acknowledges the fact that prison and crimes and people being put here for those crimes are, it's as n normal a piece of our lives in this country as going to the grocery store to get food, we're going to the bank to make a deposit. It's happening every day, all the time, and it is a system that unfortunately has gotten really, really twisted and turned on its head as far as what the goal is mm -hmm. and what they're actually doing to achieve that goal. Rehabilitation is the goal. Changing someone for the better is the goal, and unfortunately, because of all sorts of reasons, but I think the, the, one of the best ways I've, I've heard it put is we're trying to put crime in prison. Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to emphasize the prevention of sinful, evil human nature so hard that we're actually creating a culture of, of simply fear. And it, it, basically, you're trying to scare people into being good people. Yeah. Which doesn't make them a good person. 
Yeah, Brian Stevenson is the one who originally came up with that. I believe that we we want to put time in in prison. And he has done some incredible work um, as far as as, uh, helping people who were were incarcerated uh, for crimes they did not commit, uh, helping mentally challenged people who were given the death penalty, all all sorts of situations like that. He's a lawyer and an advocate. Um, And he's done amazing work. So for people who are listening, if you're not familiar with with Brian Stevenson's work, please look into him. And additionally, you're talking about trying to scare people into behaving well. And back in the 80s, late 70s and early 80s, there was even a program um, instituted nationally, I believe, that was called Scared Straight, and it would take at-risk youth um, who had been in and out of juvenile trouble, and they would take them into a maximum security adult facility. And they would basically let, um, let inmates try to scare the crap out of them. And it was hailed as this, this is going to change the world kind of, pro- and it did the exact opposite. Um, the, the people who were actually tracking juvenile behavior found that more and more and more were ending up than in prison as adults. Um, that I think in, uh, just on that, on that note, yeah, I think that it's obvious whether you're in a religion that is trying to purify you or whether you're a government trying to keep order in a country. It's the same issue with humans is that we end up becoming what we fear. And when mm. you just promote the fear of the dark side that you might become, you end up becoming it. So that you won't be the victim of it someday. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what we do. We become yeah. exactly what we focus on. So if instead you would focus on inspiring people to change, encouraging people when they do well to keep doing it, yeah. I think that will end up being much more effective because you're making them focus on the positive. You're making them focus on their accomplishments, on their empathetic actions, and so forth. When you just keep scaring them, reminding them of the deep, dark sin that dwells within them, that's all they focus on. Mm-hmm. And it ends up creeping out and, and, and seeping to the surface. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's been proven it has. a multitude of times. Yeah. And we need to we need to fix it. It's, it's exactly why I'm here. I focused on everything I hated and feared and tried to keep it at arm's length, keep it away from me. And instead, I became it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here. Yeah. So anyway, back to your original question. Y'all need to be communicating about it, yeah. exploring the world as it is. Don't paint it any kind of, you know, one way and one extreme or the other. Talk about the goods, talk about the bads, um, you know, and then uh, additionally talk to us, talk to anyone who's in here. Yeah. And, and don't sugarcoat it. Don't pretend like there's things you can't ask or things you can't uh, talk about going to be inappropriate or scare us away or something. No, we're just like anyone, whether you're in school, whether you have a job, whether you have a favorite vacation spot, you like to talk about what you're doing, mm-hmm. even if you want to complain about it. Mm-hmm. Just talk. This is another piece of society, right? just like the grocery store or the bank. You know, and while it's sad and it has lots of weight behind it, it needs to just be treated as, as something that's here instead of something that you wish wasn't here. <laughs> you oh, know? that's good. 
Yeah, that's tweetable. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, what, there there is a subset in the world of people who are weirdly entertained by the thought of people who are incarcerated and they like... Oh yeah, talk it, to A&E in Lifetime. They're yeah, obsessed right? with, with so, making this very theatrical. Yes. So when we're talking about compassionate people communicating with folks who are incarcerated... Um, one of the cool things that we found with with compassion teams who have pen pals um, is that there's this crazy positive power in saying, so I kind of want to ask you about something, but I don't know if it's weird that I'm even curious. And you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But, you know, like, what do you do when you have to go to the bathroom? Like, or whatever, whatever yeah. the weird question yeah. is. And I have had numerous people say how incredibly nice it was, not only to be asked, asked about something, honestly, that's in their world every day, but to be asked with the respect that says, I'm curious about this, and I don't know if it's okay that I'm asking you. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But that that being asked in that way, like hugely validates their, their self-respect. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Um, to acknowledge yeah, to acknowledge the fact that you may or may not want to talk about this, and I want you to know that I care, but if I'm asking this in a way that is a problem or whatever, like, you're more important to me than my curiosity or whatever. And so just those little yeah. things, people ask me all the time, how do I write a first letter to someone I don't know? It's just really awkward. And my answer is, own the yeah. awkward. Start your letter with, so this feels really awkward because I don't know you, but hi, my name is such and such. Because yeah. you can't make it not awkward, but you're respecting. Uh, be, yeah, be blunt, be transparent. If it's weird, say it's weird. Yeah. If you, it's weird and you wish that it wasn't, say all of that. You yeah. know, that kind of upfront communication is unbelievably refreshing because everyone in here is forced to put on an act, put on your, both your best face and you know, keep your most sure footing. And sometimes that means withholding this or that. And and it's just, we just want to just be honestly, we, you know, no matter most guys will not be able to admit this in here, but we all just want to be vulnerable. We just want to be seen. Right. We just want to be heard. Right. We want to not worry that what we're going to say is going to be, you know, uh, offensive or freaked out about. You yeah. know, it, it's so it's just yeah. be blunt. Yeah. All right. So we need to talk about it with each other, and we need to talk. With you guys, um, communication yep. really sounds like it's an awful lot at the heart of it. Yeah, the opportunities will present themselves. If there's anything I've been learning in my own walk of life and my own road to redemption, it's that the opportunities will present themselves. You just be open, be mm. real, be truthful, be vulnerable. Um, Show up. Talk about this stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really great place to end, too. Thank you for... Um, for both giving us a glimpse into what the day-to-day -day challenge is like and what is unique about the culture there, um, but then also a, a glimpse of the tiny positive changes that move it in the right direction. doesn't fix things. It doesn't make it okay. But yeah. with patience, it's a process that is moving in a good direction. It's, it's about the trajectory, right? Are you, are you going down and getting messier? And worse, or are you moving up, even if you're doing it in tiny little steps? 
So, yeah. Absolutely. No problem. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks for working with me. Awesome. Thanks so much, dude. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, tune in again, please. Cheers. As we wrap things up for today, let me remind everyone that the overall goal of this podcast is to encourage listeners to think, to care, and to respond in compassionate ways that can have a positive impact on the overwhelmingly negative culture inside of prison's walls. Would you like to become a supporter of positive prison culture inside a prison facility that you have adopted? This is not some insurmountable task. It's honestly not. We break down the steps for you at prisoncare.org. Visit the website, download free PDF curriculum to help you get started, and then share your stories with us as you begin to see hopeful change emerge. An easy way to get started supporting positive prison culture is actually by giving to Prison Care Incorporated. For details on how you can give to Prison Care and get a tax write-off for your charitable contribution while you're at it, please visit prisoncare.org's community page. Oh, there's so much work to be done. We're reaching a big goal. We want to provide support for positive prison culture in every prison facility in operation. Please consider giving any amount that you can. Prisoncare.org community page. We welcome your questions, your thoughts, even your stories. Please drop us a comment on the Contact Us page or send an email to info at prisoncare.org. Friends, we really can make a positive difference when we link arms and work together. Thank you for caring enough to listen today. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters.